Hello and welcome to the Weekend Wrap for the week on Wednesday. I am Ben Davison and it is always my great pleasure to be with you on a Sunday afternoon. Today is Sunday the 29th of August and whether you're listening to me on Sunday or Monday or at some other point in your week, I hope that you are safe, I hope that you are well and I hope that you are with your loved ones uh, at home or at work or wherever you may be. Obviously, much of the country is still in lockdown with New South Wales and Victoria experiencing severe COVID-19 outbreaks. There is also an outbreak in New Zealand. And today there was even a case in Queensland. We do need to talk about COVID because it is such a defining part of what's going on in Australia at the moment. There has been lots happened since the week on Wednesday was recorded earlier in the week, and let's get right into it. The first thing I want to talk about is the Doherty Institute modelling. This is Morrison's so-called safe plan for reopening, his safe plan for life post-pandemic. It's important to note that this modelling is one set of modelling, and it's based on the idea that 70 to 80% of Australia's adult population, that's people over the age of 16, will be double vaccinated by the end of the year. And that, and that, our contact tracing, uh, our testing regimes, our control of the virus will be optimal. Will be optimal. Now, in that circumstance, certain protections are allowed to be let go of. Things like lockdowns become less frequent, but things like wearing masks would still be required. This has somehow been translated as a sort of freedom day, the sort of thing that they've done in the UK, where, by the way, cases have exploded, hospitals are overwhelmed, millions of people are in isolation. The kind of pretending that COVID has gone away simply because it's no longer something people want to deal with. And as tempting as it is to ignore a problem, we all know that if you ignore a problem, if you put off dealing with it, if you somehow pretend that it's not real, then it gets worse. And that's what's happening in the UK. That's what's happening in parts of the US where people pretend that vaccines are somehow ineffective, that masks are somehow a government conspiracy. We're seeing people die. Thousands of people die. Now, in Australia, this debate about what the Doherty Institute modelling means is really somewhat academic. Because let's look at the reality. Let's look at what's actually happening. Because modelling only gives us one view of what might happen under certain circumstances in the future. And in my experience, modelling is always wrong. The question is not whether or not it'll be wrong. The question is by how much it will be wrong and what the consequences of it being wrong will be. Mark Butler went on Insiders Today, went on Insiders Today, Sunday the 29th of August, and made really clear that at 70% vaccination, there are still 6 million Australian adults, not including children, but adults who would not be vaccinated. 6 million Australians who would not be vaccinated. Now, it's great that we're seeing daily records for vaccination numbers. I'm vaccinated. Almost everyone in my family is vaccinated. Everybody I know 
is keen to get vaccinated. And it's great. It's great to see. That's what we need. We need paid vaccine leave for every Australian. You know, and if you want to hear more about the campaign for paid vaccination leave, for more secure jobs, listen to On the Job with Francis Leach and Sally Rugg. It's the Australian Union's podcast about workplace issues. Australian Union's, of course, proud supporters of this show. But onthejobpodcast.com.au is where you can hear more about the workplace issues around paid vaccine leave and, of course, more secure jobs. Because vaccinations are so important. There's no question about that. Because if you're vaccinated and you do get COVID, which you can still get, you're less likely to go to hospital, you're less likely to need intensive care, you're less likely to die. These are all good things about getting vaccinated. Nobody who's saying there are issues with the Doherty modelling is saying we shouldn't be getting vaccinated. No serious person is saying that. Every serious person is saying... What does this really mean? What does this model really mean? Well, it means 6 million adults not vaccinated. It means people under 16 not vaccinated. And frankly, as Doherty has said, that if COVID is loose, if the contact tracing is not rigorous, is not optimal, then 1,500 people will die in a six-month period. That's more people dead from COVID in six months than from the last four years of the flu combined. This is not about making COVID the flu. The Doherty model is about how our society might need to change to live with COVID, not how we go back to what we were doing before COVID became a reality. Now, the situation is this. In New South Wales, there are 1,218 new cases today. There are more than 15,000 active cases. Six people died so far this weekend just in New South Wales. Just in New South Wales, 813 people are in hospital. That's more people in hospital in New South Wales than there are active cases in the rest of the country combined. There are 126 people in intensive care, 54 of whom are on ventilators. The Premier of New South Wales, Gladys Berejiklian, doesn't seem concerned. In fact, she's happy, even delighted, that so many New South Wales people have been getting tested and having vaccines. That's all good news. But the case numbers are up nearly 20% from the day before. The number of hospitalizations is up nearly 20% from the day before. There are already two hospitals in Sydney that can't take more COVID patients. The ambulance service has for only the second time in its history issued the highest level of warning about the pressure its services are under. The situation in New South Wales is out of control. COVID cases are no longer being reported by their linkage, by whether or not they're in isolation. Exposure sites are no longer being reported. People can get this information through a variety of ways, and news outlets are cobbling it together. But the New South Wales government has stopped doing the kinds of reports that we've come to expect from governments. The Victorian government continues to publish Daily linked case numbers, mystery case numbers, uh, daily isolation numbers, as well as immediate reports of exposure sites. Sydney has become 
so riddled with COVID that the New South Wales government has stopped doing that. This is deeply troubling. Gladys says we shouldn't be so fixated on the daily numbers. We should focus on vaccination rates and hospitalisation rates. Well, even if we were to do that, even if we were to take her at her word that that's what's important, and keep in mind, the Doherty Institute modelling doesn't agree with the Premier of New South Wales on this. The Doherty Institute modelling, the Morrison modelling, actually says case numbers are important because case numbers lead to hospitalisation numbers. They lead to death numbers. They're a leading indicator of what will come down the track. But let's say Gladys is right, and we shouldn't focus on the daily case numbers, which I don't agree with, which no sensible, rational person agrees with. But let's say we did that. Well, hospitalisation numbers are growing exponentially, exponentially. The hospital system is under huge amounts of pressure. There are reports of healthcare workers resigning because of the pressure they're under, because they can't get breaks, because there isn't enough staff. There isn't enough intensive care nurses to care for the people in intensive care. The situation is rapidly spiralling out of control and the Premier of New South Wales is somehow pretending that everything's okay. Is saying, despite everything else, you can now have picnics together. You can now have small weddings together. You can spend time together. As regular listeners to this show will know, my partner Van Battam, my partner in life and my partner with The Week on Wednesday is currently in Sydney in lockdown with her unwell mother. And this morning she was at the supermarket and she reported to me that Sydney has finally, finally adopted a Thunderdome air. That's to say that people are finally taking it seriously. People are nervous. People are concerned. People are wearing their masks. They're shopping alone now. For nearly three months, for nearly three months, People were shopping together. They weren't wearing their masks properly. They weren't doing sign-ins. They were kind of treating it as though somebody else's problem. And when the leadership of the state carries on about how it's just some people doing the wrong thing, they provide an opportunity for people to self-exclude, for people to say, well, that's not me, that's somebody else's problem. Finally, the people of New South Wales are taking this far more seriously than the leadership of New South Wales. But I fear that it may be too late. I fear that the genie's out of the bottle. The ACT has cases. Victoria has cases. Victoria has 92 cases. They're all linked back. They're all traceable back to the outbreak in New South Wales. And let's be really clear here. In Victoria, there are 773 active cases, 92 today. And of those 773, more than 300 are under 20. More than 600 are under 40. COVID is infecting younger and younger people, but they can't get vaccinated. So our pathway out of this is supposed to be vaccination. But the people who are now more and more likely to get COVID are not eligible to get vaccinated or struggle to get an appointment or, in the case of New South Wales, have their vaccines moved around the state and their appointments cancelled. This is a devastating situation. And Scott Morrison and Gladys Berejiklian are pretending that it's not a problem. They're pretending that this plan, this is all part of some plan, 
that this is about how they keep the New South Wales economy going and that these are all steps in the way out of COVID. This is nonsense. This is fantastical thinking. This is delusion of the highest order. Nearly 10% of all jobs in New South Wales have been destroyed during the course of this outbreak. That's one in 10 jobs totally destroyed in a three-month period. The economic situation in New South Wales is worse now than it was at the start of the pandemic. Yet Scott Morrison continues to avoid and refuses to put in place a proper wage subsidy program. He refuses to claw back the JobKeeper that essentially was misallocated to the likes of Jerry Harvey. Has Jerry Harvey done anything legally wrong? No. Morally wrong? Absolutely. Does Scott Morrison have a moral obligation to claw that money back on behalf of the Australian people and redirect it to those who are in actual need? Yes, he does. Will he do it? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The situation is on a knife's edge. Victoria has said that they will not be releasing the lockdown on the 2nd of September. And that's disappointing for me. It's disappointing for every Victorian. But we understand what it takes. We understand that you can't be blasé. You can't pretend. You can't live in a fantasy with this virus. But yet Gladys gets up and is delighted every day. Every day she's delighted. Every day she's so happy. And yet every day she's announcing record case numbers. Every day there are more people in hospital. Every day more people are dying. This is madness. This is a sort of ideological fixation that ignores the reality of the situation. And it has to come to an end. One way or another, it has to come to an end. We've seen people protest in the streets against lockdowns, which has created more spread. We've seen people now attack testing clinics. The lack of leadership in this country from the New South Wales Liberals, Morrison and Gladys, is having disturbing effects on the people of Australia. I want the lockdowns to end. Of course I do. My partner is trapped in a state and in a city that is thousands of kilometres away. I can't see my ill mother-in-law. I can't spend time with my friends. I can't spend time with my family. Like many, many Australians, we are suffering. We are all suffering. But Gladys Berejiklian has a responsibility, not just to New South Wales, but to the Commonwealth of Australia, to do what is necessary to protect the people of New South Wales and the broader Australian population. Now, for three months, she has pretended that her half-measures will do that. She has pretended that blaming individuals, making this an individualistic, liberal ideological problem, rather than a collective issue, rather than something that can be addressed through government action, will be the solution. Well, I think three months and 15,000 active cases is more than enough evidence to say that she's wrong. I think the largest state in Australia losing one in 10 jobs in a three-month period is more than enough evidence to say that the ideology of keeping the economy running 
and wearing some health cost is wrong. Sick people don't buy things. Dead people don't go to work. The examples from overseas were there. They were clear from the start. But Morrison and Gladys insisted on their own Australian experiment. Well, it has to come to an end. It has to be put to a stop. Because the Doherty Institute is very clear. At 70%, but virulent, uncontrolled outbreaks, there is no Freedom Day. There is no return to normal. And it's not even a case of just wearing masks. It's that there will be lockdowns again and again and again. Morrison failed with quarantine. He failed with vaccines. And now he's failing to enforce leadership upon the state of New South Wales. Scott Morrison jokingly gets referred to as the Prime Minister for New South Wales. Gladys's office laughs and says he's the, he's the Prime Minister for Scott Morrison. And more and more, we're seeing that that's the case. We're seeing Morrison only worried about Morrison's political future and Gladys just in a delusional world. In a delusional, delusional world. Now, there's lots going on. There's lots going on. And workers around Australia are standing up right now for secured jobs. We saw strikes on Friday. We'll see more industrial action this week. And if you want paid vaccination leave, as now 5 million Australians have, thanks to the work of union members, you can join your union at australianunions.org.au slash wow. You can become part of the collective response to what's happening in this country. You can stand together, even if it's physically distant, for secure work, for paid vaccination leave, for income support, and stand against the delusional fantasies of liberal ideology that is seeing thousands upon thousands of our fellow citizens struck down, needlessly struck down by COVID-19. So, that's it for the weekend wrap. Please stay safe. Follow the health advice. Do what's necessary to stay safe for you and your family. And remember, in these most trying of times, to be kind to yourself and to each other.